0: Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges to help motivate millennial parents. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We are your host, Omar Ramos, joined by...
2: By Veronica Avila. How are you, Omar?
1: Very well, thank you. Good to see you.
2: Good to see you, too. And today's topic, I know we're all going to relate to this one, it's called Love or Fear? And it's part of our faith series now to dive into this discussion we have invited as always our expert dr alicia laos she's a clinical psychologist ceo of family bridges and she's also the co-author of the struggle is real and we also have invited eduardo morales or eddie can we call you eddie
0: that's fine Yeah.
2: all right he's a millennial professional community outreach expert and also a youth ministry leader
1: very well so i'm going to go ahead and drop the icebreaker on you guys today we're talking about god's love and the difference between teaching love versus fear Now, Dr. Laos, do you remember a time when you were told by your parents or another adult that you would be punished by God if you had bad or erratic behavior?
3: You know, I didn't. Mm. I didn't have that experience at all. Just my parents didn't paint a picture of a judgmental God that was out there to get it. Or kind of like the boogeyman is going to go get you. Mm -hmm. El cucuy. El cucuy. (laughs) I never got that (laughs) type of upbringing. I don't know if that was the case for you, Eddie.
0: No, actually it wasn't. I kind of found my faith later on in life, so early in my 20s. We grew up in a, a family that always went to church every Sunday. Nice. You know, So you know, out of respect for my parents, out of respect for my mom, even later in my life when I was kind of doing my party thing and in college and stuff, I would always make sure that I was home on Sunday morning to go to church with, with mom on Sunday. And that was just out of respect for her. She never forced it on us. but That was just out of respect for her. For her, my mom and my dad. So, how about you, Vidal?
2: I did. I know I did. That's awesome that you guys didn't. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I think I did. It was more. I guess I said more like a playful thing. But my mom always said, "I que tenerte de Dios." You know, you have to be fearful of God. Yes. Yeah. If something, we knew we were going to church We would have whatever menudo, mm-hmm. and then we would go to church. Yeah. But then if I did something, I did get the si te portas mal. If if you don't behave well, Dios te va a castigar. Mm. will be punished mm-hmm. by God. I heard that a lot, actually.
1: You know, on this side, um, it was more, it wasn't really like if you misbehave, Mm -hmm. things are going to go south. It was more do good and receive blessings. Mm -hmm. Like you needed to be a good person. You needed to go to church and that way you could get ahead in life and God would bless you. God's always watching, Mm -hmm. be good, and you're going to receive that blessing. So uh, yeah, I guess we all kind of relate, so to speak, Mm -hmm. with uh, today's subject. Thank you for sharing that, guys. Thank you very much. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump over to our next skit that we have. That of only
2: course. Comes. It's called Charity's Experience. Let's listen
4: to this. Charity? What are you doing out there? Come in, come in. What's wrong? Here, take this. Dry off. What are you doing here? I had to leave. I couldn't stay at home. Can I sleep here tonight? Um, yeah. Do you need to call your parents? No. No. I can't talk to them. I just let me stay here. I can go back tomorrow. What happened? Did they hit you again? Yeah. Why? Because they're insane. Are you hurt? No. No. It was just they... I didn't... Take a breath. (sighs) Tell me what happened. My dad was shouting out these verses as he spanked me. Like a kid. I can't wait to be done with these people. What? Verses, Bible verses. Psalms. You know, crazy friggin' Bible verses over and over again. Do not speak with insolent pride. God hates workers of iniquity. Anything to make himself feel superior. My mom just sat there and watched. I'm confused. What did you do? I don't know, Mia. We argue. What does it matter? I'm tired. I'm sorry. Let me just tell my mom what happened. No, don't. I'll get in trouble if I don't tell my parents you're here. Oh, come on. Not till tomorrow. I can't go home tonight. Tell them I snuck in while you were asleep. No. Tell them the power went out at my house and my parents said I could sleep over. I can't lie to my parents. Mia... Alright, alright. Just, here, calm down. I'll talk to them in the morning. Thank you. I'm gonna brush my teeth. Do you need anything? No. Okay. Uh... You know, everything's gonna be fine. Your parents were just upset. I hate them. I wish they were dead. No, you don't. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Help yourself, to whatever you need. Thanks. Mm -hmm. All
2: right, so we just heard Charity uh, apparently ran away to a friend's house because she was spanked by her dad. Strange as it seems, she said while he was reading some Bible verses, He was, I guess, spanking her for her misbehavior. Doctor, something a bit extreme I'd say and out of touch these days, but what do you think happened or what could possibly go through
3: the dad's mind? You know, situations like this, I would just clarify, I don't think they happen very often or very frequently, but whatever extremes, whether it be complete neglect Mm -hmm. of your kids or abusive in nature, Mm -hmm. you know, those extremes are always just very shattering to the soul of any child. And in this case, I think what's very hurtful and damaging is that the picture that's being painted of God is a punishing God Mm -hmm. because... God can be a very abstract kind of a figure for mm-hmm. children, youth out there in space and, you know, distant. And so the, the image that people have, the children grow up of who their God is, is really formed by their parents Yes. and how their parents are. And so if a parent is putting a love next to fear and putting those together, then oftentimes the image that children grow up into adults is that God is a punishing and fearful and angry God Mm -hmm. towards them. And so the message they receive is that that's a judgmental God because my father was judgmental. And so using, using scriptures or Bible verses, Whether those Bible verses may be, you know, really important and they might have last life lessons, but using them next to punishment, like in this case, is very damaging. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any cases clinically as a psychologist where that's actually led to corrective behavior. I've actually seen it to be very damaging and hurtful. Um, So... In, in the future, we'll talk about different types of punishments. And, and so in this case, we're not talking about spanking or not spanking. What we're talking about is inscribing mm-hmm. scriptures while you're doing that as mm-hmm. a way to try to teach the child a principle. That is just a really bad idea. And we saw it with
2: Charity. I mean, she wasn't learning anything. She said, I hate my parents. Right. Yeah.
3: It just creates a lot of resentment. But not only is it the resentment towards the parent, it's also, oh, well, that's the image of God. And do you really want God to be painted as a judgmental God that's out there to get you when you don't follow a rule or, you know, what have you?
1: Mm. Mm. I guess they're trying to like instill fear in this child to, you know, try to control them, so to speak. Interesting that we're touching the subject because there's a a movie that I saw not that long ago called uh, Live by Night with Ben Affleck. Mm. And there's a scene that kind of reminds me of this spanking situation and using religion to kind of discipline Mm -hmm. the child Thinking that God, through that punishment, is going to heal this person mm-hmm. from whatever bad habits that they have. So look into that in the future. Just uh, that mm. I throw that in there. So I'm going to go ahead and circle back to Eddie. Eddie, you're professional, are dedicated to the outreach world. I want to know if you have ever experienced a situation like this, and personally, or maybe with
0: somebody that you've worked with, and how did you go about it? I don't think, like Alicia said, I think it's a little bit extreme, and I feel like if it does happen, it won't, it wouldn't be put out there so much. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this is that. I work with a lot of high school, junior high, college age kids, and I've noticed just in, in youth ministry, young young adults ministries, that there seems to be a, a fallout at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Kids who've grown up in the church, gone to Christian school, what have you. There's a certain point in their life where they just abandon it for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. I've always been drawn to why is that the case. It's funny they they make jokes and kind of in the Christian circle or what have you that you were those drug kids, you were dragged or drugged uh-huh. to to youth group or things like that. And yeah. so what I do see is parents who have kind of force their children into certain programs or be a part of a certain ministry or group because, oh, my kid needs a lot of help or what have you. And so there's this idea of being forced to do something. And I feel like that builds a lot of resentment towards kids later down the road, like, oh, I didn't go there because I wanted to. I go there because I'm obligated to have to mm-hmm. go. And I feel like when when the kids grow up and become you know young adults or start to make their own choices, they say, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to look at something else or see what else is out there because I've always been having forced to mm-hmm. you know be in a certain sphere. So... That's kind of what I'm seeing right now, or have seen in my experience. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Little.
2: Okay. Let's say parents already have this fearful tactic, right, with the kids. How do you turn around that? How do you make it right? Now, how do you teach your kids about a loving God?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think we can always have an opportunity to grow and learn. So once we realize that perhaps a style or an approach is too rigid, Mm -hmm. then we need to create some air and flexibility. The style of parenting that usually does this is more rigid and that can be very suffocating for for a child. You feel like you can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And so like Eddie will say, as soon as they have a chance, they'll escape. Charity escaped. Um, If you develop that type of relationship across the board, as soon as they're 18, they're gonna escape permanently and they're gonna be out of the church because they're just wanting out. Where the vision of God is a loving one, is an embracing one, it's one of grace, it's one of gratitude. Um, it's one of freedom mm-hmm. and so if the tension in the home is one of constraint and, and suffocation you really want to co- reconsider and think about that so I think it starts first as a parent you got to do some self-evaluation mm-hmm. I don't know speak to a spiritual director or a pastor and kind of rethink about that yourself individually because if that's the view you have perhaps you need to explore that some more because you're going to parent from where you are from exactly. where your heart is and so I think the first thing is work on yourself and who you are and where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. What is that providing to you? Mm -hmm. You know, what is that controlling, doing for you? And then secondly, um, whether it's in this case where they're using religion to discipline, that's probably an indication of a very rigid style of parenting and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um, is gonna corner children into a situation where they're gonna eventually wanna escape Yes. In this case, they escaped right away, but it's just a matter of time where they're going to, you know, completely escape out of your life or escape out of religion or escape out of, you know, whatever, whatever your conditions you're trying to establish.
2: And I guess also know or seek where you're kind of evaluate of where you're taking them or where mm-hmm. they're learning this, because I think all of us here probably have different creeds and go to different places for worship or to learn more about God. And obviously, there's a lot of servant leaders mm-hmm. that are not necessarily the most loving. Mm-hmm. I know that I've come across some, I have three kids, but two of them, I have them and um, going either to catechism or going to, I'm Catholic. It's, it's still catechism. Just one is for confirmation and the other one is just starting. And I see that my little boy has so much fun because the teacher is so, she's so loving, she's so giving and she sings with the kids and she teaches them about the love of God, etc. But then I see my 13 year old that's going to her confirmation classes and she did like to go to church before. But now I see her kind of like, Oh, I don't wanna be here because this lady is so da and the lady, I think I mentioned it to you once out of the the podcast. This lady is like so she even pulled me one day and she said, You know, Valentina missed this, da da but she was like very yeah. in front of everybody in the middle of the and I was like, It took me a little while. Did she just talk to me that way? You know, because I'm the parody and I'm like, what where is she coming from? I was able to manage the situation, but it kept me uh, thinking. And you now that we're discussing this, I'm like, hmm. I don't know if the leaders that that are working with our kids may need some kind of people training, or or yeah. maybe to switch the mentality. Because I I do come from a from mm-hmm. a place where there's a very rigid structure. Yeah, but there's the leaders. I mean, they vary. They yeah. vary. And yeah. it just, it just yeah. made me think that.
3: And I think that that's why the spiritual growth is really important to think mm-hmm. about it in the home. Because you are going to come across people who are great servant leaders, mm-hmm. like you said, and others that are in it for the wrong reasons. I mean, that's just going to be across. everywhere. It's going to happen in the workplace. It's going to mm-hmm. happen in schools. People are doing things for the wrong intent. And so when it comes to spiritual upbringing, that's why it's important. And again, kids pick up on what's going on that you're living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in right. this case if you're living this is the Bible verse thou shall thou shall thou shall but then you're you're living a different you know you're not living in those values mm-hmm. you're being you're living out of anger and you're being spiteful and you're not forgiving and you're they're going to say that that christianity is for hypocrites yeah and so i think it starts with one at home you know if you're going to instill the value of faith in your family do a self checkup and see where you're at mm-hmm. you might as well not if you're not going to be authentic in it because it's almost worse i think and then two When you're operating out of that, then you can speak to your kids and say, you know, there's people out there in the world that are dressed, you know, in in sheep's clothing, but they're really lions inside. You know, I mean, that's just going to happen. We just have to learn how to discern and how to understand and how to work with people and how to work with difficult people. And sometimes those are opportunities, as painful as they are, for us to learn how to respond to them um, and to be challenged. And so, Mm -hmm. but but you're able to do that from a better spot when you're authentic in your Mm -hmm. faith yourself because then your kids realize that you're really trying to work with them on it versus just like deal with it. You know, Mm -hmm. this is how it is.
2: Yes, exactly that. If you model it and teach them how to deal with difficult people, just not forget, just remind them that the focus is, is farther than the person... That yeah. you're it's disillusioning, them, you, know, you know, and whoever's... it is a good
3: reminder for all ministry workers out there that you've got a lot of little eyes and you have a great influence mm-hmm. and that that mm-hmm. could be really hurtful and damaging for people.
1: So. Great stuff, doctor. Thank you for breaking it down for us. So we're going to go ahead and uh, move along to our next scenario. This is called an act of forgiveness in the playground. Let's take a listen.
4: You're a stupid fathead. You're going to AG double hockey stick. You're going to AG double hockey stick. At least I'm not. Ugly, you stupid, fat head. (laughs) Hey, hey,
5: hey, 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 Nora, 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 what happened?
1: He pushed me into the
0: pool. Are you okay? No.
5: Who pushed you? Hey, 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 wait up. Hey, yeah, you, 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 what's your name? Evan? Did you just push my daughter?
0: No.
4: He's lying. Well, she deserved it. Did not.
5: Hey, hey, guys, calm down a second. Just just calm down. Evan, why don't you, you, just tell me what happened
4: She was trying to take my my turn on the swing, but she wasn't even waiting in line. I was too. He pushed me.
5: Hey, Nora, it's okay. You can tell your side of the story next. Just, Evan, keep going.
4: She was trying to cut in line, and then she pushed me. So I pushed her back, and then she bumped into the pole.
5: And all of this was over the swing.
4: It was my turn. I was waiting.
5: All right, all right, all right, Evan, Nora. I'm sorry you couldn't work this out in a more civilized way. Maybe it's better if we just go home, huh? Mm -hmm. It sounds like it was just an accident. You didn't mean to hurt Nora, did you, Evan? No. And you're sorry about what happened?
4: Sorry, I pushed you. I didn't mean for you to hit your head. You are not!
5: Come on, Nora. You're not hurt. Evan apologized. So? All right. Evan, have yourself a good day. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Come on, Nora, sweetheart. It's okay.
0: He said I was
4: going to H-E-double hockey sticks.
5: How does he know that you play hockey?
4: No, he
6: meant
5: Oh, well, even so, how would he know a thing like that? It's not true. Come on, Nora, it's okay. Okay. If you're going to play in the playground, that stuff's going to happen.
1: Okay, so we're back, and we just heard from this uh, pretty cool pops, being firm, uh, yet loving, forgiving with a child that hurt his child. He assessed the situation and made a decision to forgive Dr. Alicia. Not all parents have the patience or the talent to do something like this. I've seen it, how some parents can just blow up mm-hmm. at the child that attacked their child. This is a very interesting scenario. What can we learn from it?
3: We need to forgive. I know, just right? Just like him. I mean, you know, in the same way that you see a drop of water in a pond and you see it ripple, mm-hmm. you could see the impact of the forgiveness and how it spreads onward. It's beautiful, what is it that you're trying to teach your kids in the future? Are you trying to teach them to be forgiving, to be loving, to have a vision of what that is? Or do you want them to grow up being resentful and privileged and all of that? Excuse me, lost my voice. So we can learn a lot And and I think he was able to understand that there's a bigger picture here than just trying to teach vengeance to your kids which is the alternative.
1: Valuable lesson, no doubt about it,
3: Now, would this
2: be a possibility, Eddie, or an opportunity to teach both kids about respect, respecting each other, and I don't know, just showing them other values? Would you have responded like the dad here if that was your sister, per se?
0: I felt like the dad handled it really well. Um, As a person of influence in the child's life, you always want to look for teachable moments, Mm -hmm. right? You don't want to force them. You want to look for them. And so I feel like this is a teachable moment to teach the child here the idea of forgiveness, respect. The reality is, is that you're not going to have complete control of your child 24 7 right they're going to encounter people who don't think the same way they do and think differently of how they're being raised even in the home and so i think it's moments like this that you take advantage of of teaching them I and at a young age i feel like you want as alicia was saying like wanting to instill these good values and qualities in them because um, they may not recognize it right away or really early on but the Bible talks about instructing a child that really in, in kind of infusing, instilling these things of how you want them to, training them in the path that, that you want them to go down. And if you do that, it says it will, they will not depart. But even more so, if you think about the development of a child, they really, children don't start to grasp these values into adolescence. So in 13, 14, in teenage years, mm-hmm. they start to understand, oh, this is what it means to forgive someone. This is how to approach it because I've seen it modeled or I've been taught at a young age. Mm-hmm. Versus oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, or like saying bad things back to them, or whatever the case may be, odds are they're probably going to utilize that same type of approach or concept later down the road when they get into a similar conflict or similar situation. So I don't have kids of my own right now, but if I do have the opportunity with my godson, my nephew, to have a teachable moment to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't just lash out in anger, hey, let's calm down and take a breather, and then, when you're at a better state, then you talk to the person that you talk to. So I I just look for teachable moments.
3: Just imagine the script that's being rehearsed in the Mm -hmm. child and it's being developed so in the future, whenever he's got some situation, he's got that example ingrained as part of of the way you deal with situations and circumstances versus the previous example (laughs) that we saw, (laughs) which was just an example of anger and using the Bible almost as a crutch or something to try to justify or explain something just because of the frustration and trying to deal with the circumstance. Here. Yeah. the vision of you see such a beautiful and powerful picture of forgiveness and is in not that the picture that god provides one that says yeah we didn't really deserve this yet he forgave us mm-hmm. and so this is more the message that you want for your children to understand the picture that they have in that and being able to have that example is going to have a script in their lives that they're going it's going to take it's going to stay with them in the future whenever they have a circumstance that's what they're going to see you okay. know Well,
2: thank you for that. Why don't we go listen to the next scenario? This is called Teaching by Example.
6: Hey, Dad. Mm Mm-hmm? Are you asleep? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not asleep. (laughs) You look like you're
4: asleep. Your eyes are closed. I'm praying. Why aren't your hands together, like in church?
6: Mm, This is a different kind of prayer. I'm reflecting.
4: Am I bothering you?
6: Not at all. Would you like to join me?
4: Do I have to keep my eyes closed?
6: No, not if you don't want to. I like to. Why? So I can focus. Give it a try. Here, come have a seat. Comfortable? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you praying for? Nothing in particular. Just listening. Listening to what? It's hard to explain let's try something I'll read a passage you just listen and then tell me what it means to you that's it? that's it okay you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful what do you think? God made me? absolutely what else? God is wonderful? Of course. Why do you say that?
4: Because he is. But why? Because (laughs) he took time to make me and make everything, and he didn't have to, you know, make everything. But he did, because he's
6: wonderful. I like it. Was I right? Yep. I mean, it's not like there's a specific right answer. But I can pick up what you're putting down. You want to hear another part? Yeah. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of Satan."
2: All right, this one was very different. I really like this one, Doctor. Here the dad took the time. He was reading, meditating, reflecting on the scripture. And his son came in, so when he wasn't able to explain, or he thought he couldn't explain, he made him a part of a process. He involved them, mm-hmm. so that was pretty neat. He invited him, and then he, he
3: was asking questions. What do you understand? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think he didn't have to, and he didn't feel like he was being interrupted or intruded upon. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, one of the things that a lot of um, Protestant churches will recommend is chair time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. you as an individual just reading the Bible. And then if you do that out loud or if you do it that to yourself, your children or your family will just pay attention and then just ask questions. It's not threatening that way. It's Mm -hmm. just part of your life. And then as they see that you're doing that, then they want to emulate that or ask you questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's not threatening. It's not being pushed. It's just that because you live an authentic life of faith, they ask questions versus you trying to shove it down their Mm -hmm. throat Mm -hmm. in order to make them understand a moral lesson. So as the first example, we saw that it was being juxtaposed, trying to teach them a moral lesson in the context of punishment. Mm -hmm. And so they have a vision of a God that's a punishing. Here, you're just teaching them about the faith because it's part of the faith that you live. Exactly. It's a completely different angle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would add, um, I think it's all about positioning, right? So we talked about, you know, like, there's a couple ways that you can kind of um, work with the child right out of fear, out of love. But I feel like if us as people of have influenced parents, teachers, would just put them in a position to learn, then there's opportunity for things to be taught, right? So, for example, the other day I was taking my nephew out and I prayed because being his godfather and really wanting to see walk down a good path and know the lord i was praying before we went on the drive and i said lord give me an opportunity to show him jesus so we're driving and i'm like we're going to a bouncy house there's no you know what is it (laughs) how am i gonna (laughs) you know how am i gonna so there's a lot of times i kind of struggle with he loves megan trainer and everybody else Mm -hmm. everything else so like i know he always asks me when he gets in the car can i watch this video can i listen to this song and I can't find it on the radio station, so I put my Hillsong C D on and it was just going on and everything was quiet in the car and almost while we were there he says, Uncle Eddie, is this is this Jesus music? And I mm-hmm. said, Why did you ask that? And I guess the chorus mentioned the name mm-hmm. or whatever but of course. and then he starts to say, Well, is it Jesus' birthday? And I start to try to answer that and he's like, Well, who's Jesus' mom and who's Jesus' dad? And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh man and It's like that's kinda hard to, you know, break down to a four year old but it's those I feel like it's times like that then you're putting them in a position to then be asking questions and then try your best to answer those bigger questions like who's Jesus' dad and who's Jesus' mom, you know? But so positioning, I feel like that's big.
2: Taking those opportunities.
0: Yeah, and we're going to continue
1: also with uh, Eddie. I wanted to ask you, uh, I know that at the beginning of this podcast, you were mentioning that, uh, you know, you went to church because mom and dad expected that from you and stuff like that. But you mentioned that, I think it was after your 20s, that you started your relationship
0: with God. Can you, how did that start? and how have you managed it to this point? Yeah. So I I grew up Catholic. I did all my sacraments or up to the point of confirmation. And you know, every week we, were, we would go to church, go to church. <laughs> so to share a little bit more about my story, our story of my family, uh, my dad walked out on us when I was 18. Mm. I kind of put myself in my own little bubble. Um, so I was going away to college at the time and completely was like, eh, whatever, like. God was so far down the totem pole for me in terms of priorities. When I was away, my mom was uh, seeking counseling for the situation, and so someone recommended her to a Christian church, and she went. Uh, Her and my brother went. They they absolutely loved it, and so they found a sense of community, a sense of connection. Now, during this process, I ended up transferring back to the Chicago area. I felt like I needed to support my family a little bit more, at least be there for my mom and my brother. My mom, is she's find, kind of finding her new faith, uh, newfound faith or her relationship with Christ, never at any moment did she force it on my brother and I. Mm. Um, I know she's a praying mom (laughs) I know that for a fact Um, but I feel like the way she handled it was never like let me open your mouth and let me pour this down your throat type of thing it was more like hey this is where I found my peace and my hope and so she let me and my brother go through our hard times and do our mess ups and mistakes and just kind of experience life and for me at the time I was at a point where I was finally broken through a a difficult relationship that's finally when again I feel like my, my mom and this is for another podcast, but my dad now, they're both, again, reunited and married, uh, have placed me and and my brother in a position to experience their walk, their faith, but then for us to make our own decision. Mm -hmm. And so when I had my breakdown, uh, I was at a point of saying, okay, how did my mom get through this? because she just went through a divorce and she went through a hard thing. So I really gravitated towards her for encouragement and, and just to see, OK, what did you do? And I remember her buying me a Bible my freshman year of college and I never opened it. It was collecting dust on my desk. And when I was going through my breakup, I was like, well, she turned to the mm-hmm. God's word to see how to get through this. And I'm going to turn to that in community and I'm going to turn to her and see. And so she was an integral part in helping point me to God. Um <laughs> I haven't looked back since that moment so it was about six years ago uh in November of 2011 so so really early on in my walk I was like super excited to share my faith and like my dad's complete 180 from back then I mean he's a great man uh and my brother too they're like I was getting pumped up and I was like man I want them to be serving the church in the church and all this stuff and anytime I had I would sit them down and just preach preaching the gospel and just tell them hey you need to do this and you need to know Jesus and you need to blah 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 and they were not having it like just, just no, no time of day mm-hmm. and so I remember one time this is a big reality check kind of punch in the gut for me after church one time my brother I was kind hey you should go join that my brother just grabbed me by the shoulder and said hey Ed he said right now I don't really need a pastor and I don't need a mentor I just need a brother Exactly, and from then on out I really kind of I made a choice and kind of drew the line in the sand and said I'm going to live the best I can for God and just let my life be the example rather than trying to you know push it on people you know so I think I had to learn it the hard way a little bit mm-hmm. but ever since then I feel like you know my relationship with my father and my brother have just continued to grow in tremendous ways uh, just trying to live by example So phenomenal man thank you so much for sharing that with us
2: also for the parents out there I mean it's hard if you're like halfway or you feel like you're lost in the journey I mean it's always I guess it's always refreshing and it's always inspiring and just motivating encouraging to know that God's always there Mm -hmm. people will judge you people will try to put things down your throat like you said but just to know that you can always go back and that
3: you'll get there Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. no doctor yeah I think parent out of love. I think this is what we're trying to say throughout the series as well. That even includes your faith. If you want to share your faith tradition with your children, just make sure that you're doing that out of of faith and that you're doing that authentically. Mm -hmm. And when you juxtapose fear next to your faith, then the picture that you're trying to teach your children is that spiritual growth is associated with fear and I don't know that that's a good thing that's very tainted Mm -hmm. so instead just make sure that you build a relationship of love and speak out of that and when that happens it's more natural and less forced down people's throats
1: very cool well thank you Dr. Alicia Laos and also Eduardo Morales got your last name correct right that's right Eduardo Morales (laughs) very cool thank you both for a great conversation make sure to tune in to our next podcast which is right around the corner and additional resources for parents or parent groups are also found at the Family Bridges app. Very cool i mix out about the Family Bridges app, which you can download today via iTunes.
2: That's right, and you can also download this podcast, The Struggle Is Real, uh, by Family Bridges. Make sure to tell all your friends, your comadres, your compadres, all of, your na- of the neighborhood, to download it now from iTunes.
1: Thanks for listening to another edition of The Struggle Is Real. I am Omar Ramos.
2: And I am Veronica Avila. Till Til
0: next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.